Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Monday. It's July 31st, last day of July. Can't believe it. This month has just flown right by. Uh, we'll get L- in- Unless you're Tori Lovello. <laughs> Correct. Unless you're the Diamondbacks, this has been a long month for them. The trade deadline in Major League Baseball is tomorrow afternoon. We'll get into some Diamondbacks here shortly. We'll get into trades that have been made so far across the league. Maybe some other prospective trades, teams that uh, have taken players' names off the trading board. We'll dive into all of that here shortly. But as we typically do, let's set the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question which is uh, should the fading D-backs not be buyers before Tuesday's trade deadline and the masses right now are on the no side of things at 55% of the vote yes trailing at 45% I think it's a pretty legitimate question uh, since July the 1st uh, actually if you go back to July 1st they were 50 and 34 they were three games ahead of the Dodgers at that point atop the NL West in July, they are 6-16, six and 16, and they're not even a National League wildcard team at this point. So, hence the fact I think it's a more than legitimate question. We'll answer that question around 11.30. Still time for you, obviously, to cast your vote. KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060. One of those teams that has made a trade. Will the Rangers win the American League after adding Max Scherzer? We remain in a 50-50 split between yes and no. Well, the either the odds makers or betters or a combination of both, uh, they disagree. Because the Rangers, before this uh, trade for Scherzer on Saturday, and they added more pitching on Sunday, but before uh, they traded for Scherzer on Sunday, they were the third in the odds from the American League to win the World Series uh, behind the Rays and also the Astros. The other way, you know, the opposite order of the Astros and the Rays, but they were still third. And now the, uh, the Rangers uh, pretty much everywhere. I didn't look a billion places, quite frankly, but I looked a couple of places. They are favored to win the uh, World Series amongst the teams from the American League. We'll answer that question around 1130 today and dive into that trade a little bit more here shortly. But let's get started with the weekend that was for the Arizona Diamondbacks, a series against the Seattle Mariners. Friday, it started off with a 5-2 win for the Mariners. Tommy Henry was hit hard in that first inning uh, when three of the first four batters reached base. He ended up settling in to go six innings, but now he's been put on the 15-day D uh, injured list, I should say, the 15 day injured list with left elbow inflammation Saturday it was a four to three Diamondbacks win Corbin Carroll uh, he's the one that put pressure on that Mariners defense in the eighth to get the rally started Corbin Carroll 
32 stolen bases this season, and he's just been caught three times stealing so far. Sunday, though, it was a 4-0 Mariners win. Merrill Kelly threw 41 pitches in the first inning. He ended up settling in to go five innings, seven hits, three runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. But the bats didn't put up any runs support for the Diamondbacks. And pretty much with the exception of like one day in Atlanta, they have not done much offensively this month uh, when they've been so woeful in really every area. The thing that's uh, the two things that have been most, uh, I think, perplexing to me is their defense, which has been stellar. That's been less than great uh, in the month of July. And what's uh, especially been terrible would be their, uh, you know, their, I don't have the numbers here, unfortunately, but they're, They've got to be amongst the base, baseball's worst teams with runners in scoring position this month. Almost every loss that they've had, it's just been a dismal thing. Yesterday, they were so bad they didn't even have runners in scoring position. They only got one runner to second base. And this whole thing just started badly on Friday. Uh, Henry, 28 pitches in the first inning. Four of the first five hitters reached base. Four of the first five hitters in that game scored. Uh, for the Mariners, they ended up winning that game five to two. There was at no point in that game on Friday that I thought the Diamondbacks were going to win the game. Same thing happened yesterday. Merrill Kelly, I don't know if something was wrong with him or what. He had a 41 pitch first inning, and it was a, a miracle. He only gave up two runs in that first inning. Uh, in addition to that, still in that first inning, he didn't even bother to back up home plate on a you know, hit the, to the outfield, and that's his job, and they're usually, and he's usually really good at that. He just stood on the mound and actually caught the cutoff throw from the outfield. Uh, so I just wondered if he was mentally or, and or physically something going on there. Now, he did gut it out and made it through five innings, which is good for him and can you know, save the bullpen to some extent. But when you only get one runner to second base in the entire game, it doesn't really matter. The Diamondbacks were actually to win the, lucky to win the game on Saturday night. And yeah, Canzone, to me, was the big name there. I mean, I know that uh, you know, Corbin Carroll is getting all this credit for his base running dynamics and so forth. Uh, but uh, Canzone, who should be playing all the time instead, instead of Jake McCarthy, uh, he got the key hit that gave them the, uh, the lead run in that inning. Canzone, he's been pretty good. He had a key hit in that Brave series you mentioned earlier. Yeah, once he got his first hit, yeah. I mean, he obviously struggled a little bit earlier, but he got the home run and he had a lot of first. Obviously, he's a rookie, but he's a very good outfielder. Uh, he did. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that there were you know, Kelly was really lucky that he only gave up two runs in that first inning yesterday. Well, one of the reasons is that uh, there was a hit to right field, and Canzone did a tremendous job getting a jump on the ball and charging the ball and holding a runner at third. Uh, and that actually would, would have been the, th the third run of the inning at that point, and that run did not, it turned out, did not score. So he's a good all-around player. Uh, he, you know, I, can, I can hold off the Ohio State University reference now. Maybe not. I just said it. But uh, he's, he's good, and uh, you know, he had tremendous numbers in the minor leagues, but when you're playing your main minor league games in Reno, it's difficult if you're a hitter not to have good numbers in that uh, in that ballpark and in that uh, in that in the Pacific Coast League period. Uh, but uh, it's, I I understand the fascination the Diamondbacks have had with him for a while. Uh, I mean, you know, Tori Lavello, I, I'm 
remember hearing about him during spring training of 2022, in fact. Uh, so it took a while for him to actually get here. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, got some, he's got some tools for sure. Uh, we uh, mentioned here that it's been a long month of July for the Diamondbacks. The numbers to back it up with one day left in July, the D-backs find themselves just 7-16 and 16 this month, and they're now four games back of the Dodgers in the NL West, with the Dodgers sitting at 59-45, and 45, the Giants 58-48, and 48, two games back now. The D-backs, as I mentioned, 56-54 and 54 games back. The Diamondbacks could cut into this with a four-game series against the Giants starting tonight. Ryan Nelson going for the club, 6-5, and 4.97 ERA, 74 strikeouts. And when I looked this morning, the Giants had yet to name who was going to get the start. Yeah, uh, they're in complete flux. They've had more injuries over the last two or three days, and their starting staff has been kind of in flux for a while. And now Logan Webb, who is their best pitcher, is uh, – yeah, the last couple starts, one of them was awful when he got couldn't get out of the second inning against Washington. He was much better over the weekend against Boston, but uh, they're kind of a mess. And uh, right now, yeah, I'm, you know, the Dodgers, I would be stunned if they did not add another starting pitcher uh, before the trade deadline tomorrow. Uh, if anybody thinks the Diamondbacks, if anybody thinks this is a race in the National League West, you know, I'd never thought for one minute this year that the Dodgers weren't going to win the division. But they've got their own issues with uh, current issues with uh, Mookie Betts and uh, J.D. Martinez injury-wise. So uh, we'll see what happens with them. But you know, if I'm a Diamondbacks fan, the only standings I'm paying any attention to will be the wild card. And right now that's not going well either uh, as they've you know, lost eight of their last ten games. And they've fallen behind. You know, They're like in fifth place now in the wild card race. And that includes the Phillies who – they're they're behind the Phillies, and the Phillies just completely gave away a game yesterday with horrendous base running and shock. Not surprisingly, some really bad defense, uh, outfield defense, and they lost a game yesterday to the Pirates that they should have never lost. Uh, yeah, that NL wild card race. You do have the San Francisco Giants sitting atop that wild card race, and then you have the uh, Marlins and the Brewers. Then a half game back is the Phillies, and one game back of that final spot is the Diamondbacks and the Cubs, sitting at three and a half games back of that final wild card spot. Continuing on with the Dodgers, though, uh, when we talk about some of the trades that this team has made, they brought in Lance Lynn, they brought in Joe Kelly in Saturday's win over the Reds. Joe Kelly saw some action. He actually in fact uh, is credited with the win in that Saturday uh, contest pitching a third of an inning the Dodgers though only went one of three against the Reds you mentioned the injuries there to Mookie Betts into JD Martinez and uh, the plan at least for now uh, it looks like the Dodgers don't play today but they'll play tomorrow Tuesday and Lance Lynn is expected to get his first start in a Dodgers uniform. Yeah, they added Lynn. He leads the world in home runs allowed. I'm not joking. At least he leads the uh, Major League Baseball world in home runs allowed. And Dodger Stadium is not exactly a pitcher's haven uh, the way that they've, uh, you know, it's much different than it used to be before when a center field was wide open and now they got those huge speakers and that big sound system out there in center field. And since they did that a few years ago, the ball has carried much better than it used to. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, they've done some, I would call, interesting things. Uh, Lynn, yeah, they added uh, Rosario from uh, 
from uh, you know from the uh, from the Indians, and they also brought back Kiki Hernandez. Those are minor tweaks. Uh, I don't think it. I think they're going to win the National League West, even if they have this roster the rest of the way, assuming Betts and, Hern- and uh, Martinez are healthy. But if they want to challenge the Braves in the National League, they need to add at least another pitcher and maybe an outfield bat uh, before tomorrow's deadline. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, there was news when we were talking in Friday's show about Nolan Arenado potentially on his way to L.A., but it looks like all of that has stalled. Uh, According to reports, there were conversations between the Dodgers and the Cardinals about Nolan Arenado uh, joining there, but it looks like Cardinals president has told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that they are not trading Nolan Arenado. Is that surprising? Uh, no, because the Cardinals uh, somehow have gone from a model franchise to is about as dumb as the Anaheim Angels. Nobody's that dumb, but uh, they they're bordering it. Uh, apparently, they've never even had a discussion with Arenado about going to L.A. Uh, he is a Bob Nightingale mentioned in the last hour, and we've talked about from time to time. Yeah, he is from Southern California. He is a Dodger fan. He grew up at least he grew up a Dodger fan reports last week that he would approve a trade if he could go to Los Angeles why wouldn't you want to go from you know unless there's some kind of family thing why would you not want to go from a you know losing team in St. Louis to go to Los Angeles to play and especially if you grew up there and you know went to games at Dodger Stadium when you were a kid Uh, but the uh, Cardinals are too stupid to do such a thing and they need pitching I mean they need an entire new pitching staff uh, you know, they must just not uh, – you know, I assume they at least talked to the Dodgers about this and maybe this had been low-balled in their mind. But uh, this is just – this is just uh, – you know, there's ignorance and there's, you know, beyond ignorance and uh, kind of like the Anaheim Angels situation for many years. They've uh, misrepresented what they should be doing for their franchise and the Cardinals who have done pretty much a lot of things right. They've made some bad trades here in the last two or three years. They've given up on some players that have turned out to be really good elsewhere, including Zach Gallon here. Uh, but uh, this is just kind of a continuing series of dumb things they've been doing in St. Louis. They haven't just been – the only difference between them and Anaheim is they've been doing it for like a quarter, uh, you know, maybe about half the time. Uh, their, their ignorance has been uh, half the time as long as the Angels. We will continue with those St. Louis Cardinals on the other side of the break because they did pull the trigger on some trades over the weekend. So we'll dive into where those players have found their next landing spot. We'll get into the Angels as well because they made moves over the weekend. And then we'll get into uh, just some rumors that are going on around Major League Baseball of uh, potential players no longer on the trade docket, etc. So we'll do that here on the other side of the break. But We'll also take your calls today around 1030 and 1115. The number, as always, is 602-260-1060. Major League Baseball trade deadline conversation, NFL training camps, uh, the Jim Ursay, Jonathan Taylor running back situation that has escalated over the weekend. We'll get into all of that, plus your opinions on it around 1030 and 1115, 602-260-1060. But we'll continue with Major League Baseball next. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. 
1023 here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's the Extra Point. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's continue our Major League Baseball conversation and we had put a pin in the St. Louis Cardinals as it looks like Nolan Arenado, at least as of right now, will not be on the move, but other players have found new homes. And let's start with the Cardinals unloading their closer Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays, uh, starter Jordan Montgomery to the Rangers, and Chris Stratton, a relief pitcher to the Rangers. As for Hicks, he has eight saves, six holds, 3.67 ERA, 59 strikeouts, and 24 walks as he joins the Blue Jays now. And they need him, it looks like, because Romano uh, was injured during the All-Star game when he was pitching in the All-Star game with the back injury. Uh, For some mysterious reason, did not place him on the injured list and let him pitch when uh, the second part of the season resumed after the All-Star break. Then they placed him on the injured list last weekend. I believe it was Friday, uh, not three days ago. Uh, Friday or Saturday, they placed him on the injured list. And... 15 days on the injured list for a closer or relief pitcher, that's a far bigger deal than it is 15 days on the injured list for a starter who might just miss a start or two. Uh, you don't have your closer for two weeks. Uh, so the uh, the Blue Jays have completely mismanaged this situation because uh, obviously he was injured during the they, they did they actually remember the diamondbacks played the blue jays the first three games after the break and romano was not available for those three games but not placed on the injured list and then he did come back and pitch the next series and uh if they had maybe you know i don't know for sure but it seems like that they would have had a better chance of him being healthy uh had they actually taken care of the whole situation as soon as it happened but they didn't so there's that um, so the Hicks thing for them. As far as uh, you know, Texas, obviously they get Scherzer. Montgomery, that's a good – Texas is a good fit for him. You know, he's a guy that uh, he doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. Uh, the, the Rangers have a very, very good defense. Uh, so you know, if he just throws strikes and the ball's put in play, the Rangers' defense for the most part will make the play successfully. And uh, I think that's actually the I think that's the the kind of I don't know if it's the seems like defense is always the hidden strength of teams like the Braves, uh, but uh, you know they're really good on defense. You know I know that they've got you know, their offense has been spectacular, and now we got all the Max Scherzer crap going on. He's going to save them, and they're going to win the championship because of him. Uh, but uh, the, the the Rangers' defense has been their most consistent thing all year, including their offense. Numbers-wise, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery there. 21 starts, 6-9, 3.42 ERA, 121 innings pitched, 108 strikeouts, 35 walks. Uh, Scherzer, 19 games, 9-4, and 4.01 ERA, 107 and two-thirds innings pitched, 121 strikeouts and 30 walks for him. And then Stratton uh, as a reliever, 42 games, 4.36 ERA, 59 strikeouts and 17 walks. Those three gentlemen are joining the Texas Rangers. 
For the Los Angeles Angels, they haven't stopped making moves yet. They traded for infielder C.J. Crone and outfielder Randall Gruchek from the Rockies. Uh, this is kind of interesting here because when you look at the AL wildcard standings, you have the Rays, the Astros, and the Blue Jays right now as the teams that are in. The Red Sox two and a half games back, the Yankees three and a half games back, the Angels four games back. This is moves on top of uh, Giolito, and then of course the decision to keep Shohei Otani. Well, just the ignorance never stops. Uh, it, uh, whatever. Uh, they added C.J. Crone, who's a local Valley product. Uh, uh, seems to be a nice fellow. But uh, outside of Colorado, uh, is he going to get any hits? Um, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Gritchick, uh, he's okay. Uh, I think he can help them some. Does this mean that Mike Trout might be out longer than they're telling us? Uh, so we'll see what's going on with that. Also, the Angels just started uh, the first of eight consecutive series against really good teams. And they were lucky to win any game, uh, the three, over the weekend at Toronto. They won yesterday. Uh, I believe they even scored in the ninth inning and win that game 2-1. to one. Uh, So we'll see the next eight series again for, Tur- uh, for uh, the Angels starting this weekend. We're at Toronto. Now they go to Atlanta, home against Seattle, home against the Giants, at Houston, at Texas, home against the Rays, and then home against the Reds. Good luck. And then when they're you know, way out of the wild card and have zero hope, uh, then they'll be, I'm sure people will come out of the woodwork and say, well, what were they doing? They should be saying that now. And they should have been saying that for the better part of a decade. What the hell are they doing in Anaheim? They've had the same owner. They've had many general managers. They've had many managers. It's just a complete, uh, it's a confusion festival. At least I'm not, you know, some people are confused. I'm not it's just been a uh, just a you know, move after move that is just just incredibly stupid. The White Sox have traded Kendall Graveman to the Astros. That's a right-handed uh, relief pitcher here. How does that help the Astros? They're looking for bullpen help. Uh, you know their bullpen has not been as good. They've also had lots of injuries in the rotation. Um, they I heard Dana Brown yesterday on MLB Radio yesterday morning. And he said that they're looking for even more bullpen help after uh, you know they added Graveman. I find it really hard to believe that they're not at least looking from st- looking for some starting pitching. Uh, they did get Alvarez and Altuve back. Uh, looks like Michael Brantley, who has yet to play a game this season, they tried to get him ready to play, uh, say like a, roughly a month ago, and uh, he was re-injured during his rehab situation. Uh, so you know if he comes back. Uh, maybe that's kind of the equivalent to a left-handed bat. But, uh, you know, the Astros, who I think if they were actually healthy, that nobody would touch them in the American League. But they're obviously less than, you know, far less than healthy uh, in the pitching staff. And hopefully for them, Altuve can stay healthy now. He's had two different injuries this season. And Alvarez was out for much longer than at least they originally said he was going to be out with the oblique injury. And he's just an RBI machine, roughly as an RBI per game when he's been out there this year. Uh, so you have the Cubs. They're sitting at three and a half games back in the wild card spot there. Uh, but it sounds like they have told teams that Cody Bellinger is now not available. Do you agree or disagree with that potential move? They're also bordering on the stupidity level. Um 
you know, we've thought for, you know, I got duped in a little early in the season, but, you know, they've now won a whole bunch of games here of late. I believe it's eight out of nine. But their, their stretch has been two series against the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, who can't beat anybody except when they played the Diamondbacks here last week. Uh, they won a series against the White Sox, who were completely inept and not any good. And uh, toxic is a word that Bob Nightingale used with the White Sox in the last hour. And they won a series against the Washington Nationals. So I guess the Cubs have now decided, because they've won eight out of nine against those three heavyweights, that they're in it. Uh, and uh, Bellinger is just going to walk at the end of the season and become a free agent. And they're going to just they're going to keep him. And uh, Marcus Stroman apparently is not going anywhere either, and he's also a free agent at the end of the season. So good luck. If anybody actually has thought at any point this season, uh, I should rephrase that because I kind of got duped in early. But you know, for two months, I don't think anybody's really thought the Cubs were any good. And now they've won eight games against bad teams in the last three weeks, and now suddenly you know, we're in it? Give me a break. When it comes to the New York Mets, they moved on from Max Scherzer. He waived his no-trade clause to go to the Texas Rangers. So what does that mean for Justin Verlander? He also has a no-trade clause that he would have to waive in order to be on the move. So before we kind of figure out, um, I mean, rumor-wise, where obviously the Dodgers have been rumored for him to go there, he apparently, though, turned down a two-year, $80 million deal in the offseason to go there instead to go to New York for two years 86.6 million uh where is a good fit though for justin verlander if he is moved well i would say the dodgers are the best fit and houston would be next you go back to houston uh, those two teams have been talked about yeah nightingale in the last hour mentioned the dodgers uh yeah that would be uh, his uh, favorite team if he uh, the team that he's most likely to go to according to bob so i'm all for that i'm actually I'm somewhat surprised that Steve Cohen is, you know, he's doing the right, they're doing the right thing. I mean, this is obviously, they're 100 games behind the Braves in the division. Uh, so they're doing the right thing for sure. I think it just, you know, as soon as David Robertson got traded during the rain delay of last Thursday night, uh, you knew that uh, there were going to be more moves upcoming. Uh, so they traded him, I would assume, Tommy Pham, Mark Kana. And others are going to get traded here, too. They've got two or three players that could help. Uh, you know, in fact, it'd be interesting because those two guys, Pham and Connick, could actually help the Braves because if the Braves need to do anything here, position-wise, I think personally they could use a left fielder, especially somebody that can catch a fly ball because Eddie Rosario can't. Uh, for the Miami Marlins, apparently they have interest in Yankees second baseman Glaber Torres. Torres, though, uh, for all accounts, other than Aaron Judge for offensive production, has been the most consistent player for offensive production for the Yankees. He's been their best player uh, from start to finish because he's been there from start to finish or start to now. Uh, they actually had a deal worked out apparently for Torres last year, which fell through. Uh, devolved Lopez, and they ended up trading him to the Twins. Uh, so there's somebody they've been pursuing uh, you know, with the Marlins. They need some offense for sure. I mean, they've, they've actually, uh, oddly enough, they have surplus of starting pitchers. Um, you know, minor leaguers, major leaguers, all leaguers. Uh, and you know, even with Sandy Alcantara uh, having issues this season, not anywhere near his Cy Young Award season of last year. 
Uh, I saw him the other, you know, in the last start or two. He's still blaming the pitch clock. He should have that kind of figured out by now, shouldn't he? It's been like four months. Uh, so that seems to be a convenient excuse every time something goes wrong for him. Uh, the Phillies interested in Red Sox outfielder Adam Duvall. Duvall is no stranger to being a part of trade deadline moves over the course of his career. But also here, when you look at things in the AL East, the Red Sox find themselves eight games back. Also in the wild card race, the Red Sox are two and a half games back. Well, let's go back to Duvall for a second. Uh, I would be really surprised if uh, he weren't moved. Um, He's been with Atlanta two different times. He'd be a nice fit in Atlanta to play at left field. He's been there playing left field before. Uh, and certainly the Phillies yesterday uh, failed to make two plays in the outfield, center and left field, and Schwarber wasn't even playing left field yesterday. He was uh, DHing, and uh, you know, Marsh was playing left field, and he completely botched a play. Their center fielder, the rookie, uh, who I don't recall his name at the top of my uh, top of my head here that uh, just came up. He botched a play in center field. Uh, and then uh, Harper ran the bases horrendously uh, yesterday, and uh, they just gave away a game uh, to the Pirates. And uh, if you're you know, kind of contending team trying to make a playoff or uh, you know trying to make the wild card in their case, you can't just be giving away games to the Pirates. You might lose a game to them occasionally. But you just can't, like, hand them the game, and that's what the Phillies did yesterday. You had mentioned the Braves and two different stints Duvall has had with the Braves. The Braves did acquire infielder Nicky Lopez from the Royals for left-handed pitcher Taylor Hearn. Lopez, though, more primarily being brought in for defensive substitutions late in games, not really for his bat. But I was just thinking about this here. If you're Taylor Hearn, uh, just in general, it doesn't matter if you're Taylor or anybody, you go from being a part of this Atlanta Braves team, how much fun this has been, where you're sitting uh, atop of your division and atop the National League and then you get traded to the Royals that are uh, 32 and 75 and you could make a case for one of the worst teams if not the worst team in Major League Baseball right now that stinks he's he's only been there for four days uh, he got you know, he got designated for assignment last week by the Hearn did by the first place Rangers and ended up in Atlanta and he was literally there for four days and they uh, traded him for Lopez yeah, I, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, I, he's, he can't hit at all. Uh, so he's just there to, you know, maybe some late-inning defense or something. But, you know, Albies is really good at second, and RC is really good at short. So uh, I was surprised when this deal was made yesterday. Like I said, the Braves had Hearn for all of four days. So you go from being a part of the Rangers who have their expectations and then the Braves for four days, and then you go to the Royals. So that – that stinks. You're like, oh, I'm a part of some cool uh, trending upward teams, and now I'm going nowhere. Well, if he pitched better for Texas, a first-place team, he would not have been designated for assignment by the Rangers. True. Very true. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more Major League Baseball. We'll get into Jonathan Taylor uh, and the latest in regards to what he wants out of Indianapolis, what Jim Ursay is saying. We'll also take your call. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060 to join the program. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports on this Monday, July 31st.
Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Ten forty-one, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty, online at KDOS ten sixty dot com, and with the KDOS ten sixty app, powered by SuperBook Sports. As promised, it's phone call time. 602-260-1060 is the number. Let's pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Matt in Phoenix, what's on your mind today, Matt? Kayla, Bob, how you guys doing? Fantastic for a Monday. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> I hear you. Um, Want to talk a little baseball? A little trade deadline first. Um, I think the Mets are taking the right approach here. I hope other guys are going. Verlander, Pham, Canna, Rayleigh, Adovino. Um, And I thought they've done okay in the trades. Um, Obviously, some money had to be included, but they've gone for high-end, kind of, you know, lottery ticket type um, position players. And and I, I think what they've done so far is, is okay. Your your thoughts, Bob? Yeah, I'm actually I'm a little surprised because uh, you know just didn't think that Cohen would do that. So I think he's listening to his people, I assume. Uh, so we'll see how what happens with that. I'm not that familiar with the guys they the people they've acquired, even though sure. I do. You know, not everybody's crazy about Acuna, from what I heard okay. yesterday. But why uh, might as well give it a try? Absolutely. Um, as far as the other teams are concerned, uh, I'm not sure what the Rangers are doing in terms of setting themselves up to win in the playoffs. They're going to have about six or seven starting pitchers, um, pending health, of course. Um, I don't like starters out of the bullpen in the playoffs unless they're used to it, which most are not. And I thought their most pressing need was significant back-end bullpen help, um, which I don't think they really addressed with the addition of Stratton. So I wanted your your take there as well. Yeah, uh, the guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but of the uh, relievers that have moved, uh, really, because you know I'm not a Jordan Hicks guy, so maybe that's your answer here. But other than than basically Robertson, I don't think anybody – I'm sorry. Uh, Kendall Graveman. Uh, Graveman. Yeah, but he's like, he's okay. But yeah. I mean, I just I not crazy about him. Yeah, I could see Montgomery pitching in relief to left-handed I can hitters. See that as well, yes. So I can buy that part in the postseason. So I would think okay. that if they had to bump somebody from their current rotation, he'd be the guy. They obviously need Devaldi back, and I don't know if it got a whole lot of attention over the weekend, but they did place him on the injured list, and he yeah. hasn't pitched for like ten or fourteen days now. And the yeah, fact that he was on pace, history. right? He's had two Tommy John surgeries, and he was on pace to throw 225 uh, 25 innings for the season at the All Star break. Yeah. Um, lastly, the Diamondbacks. Um, can you help me understand if there's a, a starting pitcher here available that could make an impact? Um, it appears Cease uh, probably isn't moving. Um, I would say the Indians and the and the the Guardians, excuse me, and uh, the Diamondbacks match up in terms of outfielders and and young starting pitchers, but a lot of those guys for Cleveland are hurt. Um, Is there a guy that they can acquire that um, can make an impact here for a team that's, to say the least, limping to the finish? 
Uh, yeah, and I don't. I I personally don't think the Diamondbacks should do anything. I think that they're okay. done. I mean, I'm sorry. I know they're like one game out, but I'm just not buying uh, that anybody's gonna. I would prefer they not give up some anything uh, to get somebody who might help them. So we'll see. I don't know. Flaherty doesn't do a whole lot for me. Is he yeah, like the best starting? Too. He like the best starting pitcher out there. Uh, I, even though he would benefit from their defense, uh, but yes, their defense would. hasn't been that their defense hasn't been that good since July the first either. By the way, that's fair. Um, lastly, and I'll, you know, t- I'll tell you who's really dropped off is Marte, uh, who I went out of my way to praise defensively for the first three months of the season, and he's looked like more of Marte from the last two years defensively, yep. which was not good. Uh, he, he's made some bad plays at second base, num- a number of them, especially since the All-Star break. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Lastly, Kayla, I wanted to talk, ask you really quickly as the, uh, the golf experts. Um, interesting scenario yesterday. I don't know if you uh, – I'm sure you didn't watch that, that terrible tournament, but I'm sure you saw on Twitter um, J.T. Poston received some criticism because of uh, a $260,000 difference between – um, finishing solo second and, and him ending up making, I think, triple on the last. And he came out and said, listen, I'm here to win a golf tournament. And I don't care where I finish if I don't win. Um, I love that. I think we need more of that on the PGA Tour. And uh, I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Sure, yeah. So setting up there what Matt is talking about at the 3M Championship, uh, JT Poston needed Eagle on the last hole in order to try to have himself a chance to tie Lee Hodges. Uh, He wasn't in a great spot uh, for his second shot to the par 5 over some water. Uh, And as Matt said, he ended up making triple, which tumbled him down into a tie for second and ended up being over a $200,000 difference. Uh, You and I listening here, $200,000 thousand dollars is an incredible amount of money potentially life-changing amount of money uh for us so when you think of it out of that perspective it's easy to make that criticism about just play it out left make your lumps take your second place and go home uh but maybe when you're sitting in jt poston's position the competitive juices are flowing and uh money in that particular sense isn't a isn't a factor into your thought process. It is about, I'm here to win this golf tournament. I want to give myself an opportunity. Uh, He absolutely went for it. And, at the end of the day, he's the only one that can justify whether he made the right call or not. Uh, you love the you love the competitive spirit, you love the competitive fire, and you can't look at that money though when you cost yourself that kind of that kind of cash. Because at the end of the day, that does make you sick. But it does sound like he is completely 100% on board with his decision making process there. Because uh, yeah, he he wanted to have have the opportunity to give himself a chance to win. And uh, I personally, though, am kicking myself because I had him written down on my list of players, mm. JT Poston, top 20, and I didn't pull the trigger on him. And then he goes and he finishes second, so tied for second. But I'm, I'm all for that approach. Go for it. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Which more? I wish more athletes and managers and coaches did that in sports. 
Yeah, like I said, you have to be comfortable with with that, and it sounds like he 100% is comfortable with that. He wants to win, and that's how he played that particular particular shots going down the hole to give himself an opportunity. Uh, in the end, though, Lee Hodges ended up having a massive win. He finished at 24 under par. Uh, that tied for second between Martin Laird, Kevin Streelman, JT Poston at minus 17. We'll get into a little bit more about the 3M and the Wyndham Championship on the other side of the break. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Monday, July 31st. Bob Cam, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We were talking a little bit about the golf on the PGA Tour in the previous segment with Matt in Phoenix. It was the 3M Open, the champion Lee Hodges, his uh, first PGA Tour victory, wire-to-wire win for him as well, minus 24. We talked about JT Poston was uh, cruising there in second place. He was giving himself an opportunity to try to make eagle, put himself in position to potentially uh, tie uh, Lee Hodges there, and it didn't go well. He made a triple, tumbled into a tie for second with Martin Laird, Kevin Streelman, and JT Poston at 17 under par. The defending champion, Tony Finau, finished in a tie for 17th at 15 under par. But, Bob, uh, Lee Hodges, uh, Alabama guy. So, Nick Saban gave him a call to congratulate him. That post made its way virally, of course, about the call. And, uh, you know, Lee Hodges was thanking Nick for the call, this, that, whatever. And he was using uh, terms like dude, pal, etc., and everyone was giving him a ton of grief for that because they're like, why wouldn't you just call Nick Saban coach? And Lee Hodges said, it's because I was much more nervous talking to Nick Saban than I was playing golf. Well, if I'm uh, Lee Hodges, I'm asking, do you have a starting quarterback? Uh, Yeah, Nick Saban, he didn't answer that question. He just said that they're uh, uh, getting camp, I guess, open. I don't know if they really call it camp, but getting things open uh, this week and the first practice is set for Thursday and that they're ready to roll. And I guess that that makes a lot of sense when you roll tide, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) All right. Our guy, Hideki Matsuyama, who we were on, he struggled on Saturday, took himself right out of the golf tournament there, finished in a tie for 30th at 10 under par. When we were headed into this event here, Justin Thomas had added this event on his schedule because he was on the outside looking into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And uh, his event here at the 3M Open didn't help matters much as he missed the cut. He's now sitting in 79 ninth position in the FedEx Cup standings and once again top 70 go to the FedEx Cup playoffs so the Wyndham Championship this week is the final event on the PGA Tour before the FedEx Cup standings so Justin Thomas is set to play Uh, by calculations he'll need at least a solo 18th place finish or better for a chance at making the FedEx Cup playoffs some other names that are pretty notable that are currently on the outside looking in and are in the field this week 
you have Shane Lowry, uh, former Open Championship winner. He's in 76th place. He's in the field. Adam Scott, he's in 81st in the FedEx Cup standings. He's in the field as well. Gary Woodland, he was another player who competed in the 3M Open last week. Uh, he's 97th in the FedEx Cup standings. He's in the field this week. And Billy Horschel, he's in 116th place in the field. Uh, two players here that are right there on the bubble. You have Cam Davis in 69th position in the FedEx Cup standings. He's in the field. And in that coveted 70th spot, Austin Eckrote, he's also in the field at 70th position. So, Bob, let me ask you this question here. With one event to go, how much would you want to be Austin Eckrote? Because you have the chance, obviously you're in the field, so if you play really well, you have the chance to move up the FedEx Cup standings and you have the chance to improve your positioning and you well solidify yourself in the FedEx Cup playoffs. If you play poorly, though, you get surpassed. So really, <laughs> everything is in your control, though, because nobody physically does anything to you when you play golf you are in control of your own game your own your own body here uh but being in that 70th spot there's probably a lot of a lot of nerves having all of that control i guess i gotta kind of say after the last segment that you need to go for it because i don't want to contradict myself in less than 15 minutes <laughs> there we go yes you, you have to go for it there for austin yeah, unless you're the anaheim unless you're the anaheim angels you, you should be going for it right <laughs> and maybe there's going to be a going for it question uh that we answer around 11:30 today too that would be true <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into more maybe, of that maybe a couple two of them yeah, that's that's also true. We'll get into those questions as we reset the scene on the other side of the break. We'll also get into uh, Aaron Decker's training camp report from the Arizona Cardinals back together weekend. Much more from around the NFL as well. And we'll take your phone calls around 1115. The number is always 602-260-1060. That's all happening in hour number two of the Extra Point on this Monday, July 31st. Talk to you on the other side of the break.